0: When she was only nine years old, Shalom Black became a burn victim, leaving her face permanently scarred. Today, she's a world-famous beauty vlogger with nearly 1.5 million subscribers on YouTube. All Inclusive, a podcast on inclusion, innovation, and social justice with Jay Ruderman. Hi, I'm Jay Ruderman, and this is All Inclusive. On today's show, Shalom Black will tell us the amazing story of how she turned a childhood tragedy into a career that has inspired so many. Shalom, welcome to All Inclusive.
1: Hi, how are you guys?
0: So tell me about your life as you remember it as a child in Nigeria before... The accident happened.
1: Honestly, I would say I was probably like a happy kid. I didn't like grow up with a family that was rich or anything like that. But I just remember just being happy, going you know to my mom's store, helping her after school, and yeah, I think I was a good child. I don't, I don't want to say that, but I think I was an okay child. I wasn't that bad, but yeah.
0: At nine years old, your parents owned a restaurant. And they serve snacks to the students nearby by frying snacks in hot oil. You and your sister were sleeping under a table when this vat of hot oil dropped on the floor and severely burned you and your sister. Tell me how your family reacted. Was there a tremendous amount of guilt on the behalf of your parents
1: yeah, definitely. I think my parents had a lot of guilt, especially my mom, being that it was her store and that's where she worked and was selling stuff. Um, there was rumors going around basically saying that she fried up her kids just to make money. So I can't imagine like how she felt, um, but I remember just like seeing pictures of her at the hospital with us. I wasn't conscious enough to know exactly what was going on, but I saw pictures of how much she literally got so skinny because she was depressed. My dad, on the other side, I think his kind of guilt that he had was um, the fact that he was in present. Um, so, yeah, I think that kind of changed, uh, you know, the whole family dynamic because we were treated different. Our parents have to be cautious, you know, um, and be a little bit, you know, overprotective just so that we don't get picked on at um, and also, I feel like maybe a little bit overprotective where it kind of came to the point where I felt like my dad was hide, trying to hide my scars more than I was trying to hide it, which kind of made me even more insecure about it because I'm like, oh, well, he's telling me that I have to cover up all the time. So even like moving to the state and stuff, I started having to like cover up. I didn't want anybody to see it. So,
0: Tell me about going to the U.S., you, you had an aunt that really, really worked hard to get you guys visas to come and get the, the proper medical treatment. Where, where did you end up in the United States?
1: Um, we ended up in Maryland. That's where she um, basically raised her kids.
0: So if my math is correct, um, you were in middle school around 2009. Tell me about the bullying. Can you just describe like what that was like and what type of names people were calling you?
1: Yeah, so I was called <laughs> all the names. So Scarface was one of them, or Two Face, the burnt B, the B word, um, and so many other names or just people just kind of being disgusted, saying, you they do not want to touch the same thing that I've touched, or if i say something like in class people would just sort of kind of turn around and look at me in a disgusting way. So I just kind of learned to not speak at all. I never raised my hand to answer any question because I was trying to avoid um, getting attention from any of my classmates. So I was just like cooked up. I think I, I, I didn't really speak to my family about the whole issue. I would just go home and be sad. And then, of course, I started skipping school as much as I can. Um, just so I don't have to deal with those people at school.
0: And you talked about being suicidal. When did that come on? Was that when you were in middle school that you felt suicidal or was it later in high school?
1: I think it was sort of like throughout. Um, I've never harmed myself, but the thought was there. There were moments where I would go into the bathroom, but a knife, and basically look in the mirror and be like, maybe I should just end it up right here, right now. Um, so the thoughts were were there. I never actually went through with it. I think most I was afraid that what if I don't die? You know, I'm going to be in the hospital and my parents are going to be well disappointed um, at me for um, trying to do such things. So is definitely but
0: you were able to pull yourself out of that period.
1: Yeah. I remember my mom always just like telling me, you have a purpose. Um, And I wanted to see what that purpose is because I didn't understand um, why I will have to go through the things I've been through and for that to be considered a purpose. You know, so I know we don't really talk about um, religion and stuff. I honestly feel like it's God that had po- pulled me out of the right. thought and i think i sometimes i i wouldn't say i have suicidal thought but there will be moments where you're just like okay what is the purpose of life and you know you just sort of kind of like feel worthless so when those moments come i'm like okay girl you need to snap out of it um and i do try to like be around people that do make me feel good like my friends you know that have accepted me for who i am um i feel like it kind of
0: helped me a lot. Well, I think whether we talk about like formalized religion or spirituality, I think there's something that's coursing through, um, you know, humankind and sometimes we don't know our purpose and sometimes it takes a while to find it. And I think you have to have that faith that it's going to come about. I think for you, from what I understand, you know, it came about through makeup. You were in the hospital and you were taught how to use makeup. And that, that was really a transformative time in your life. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So I think my first time being introduced to makeup was after my surgery at the Shriners, And um, they decided to do something special for me by creating a wig and also like gifted me makeup and showing me how to use some of it it was a bit of a struggle learning how to actually do it when I got back home and then of course like coming across YouTube videos tutorials and stuff I started like learning and picking from there um so that's kind of like how it came about and at that time like I say many times when I was doing it I was more so focused on like covering it my scars then sort of like embracing them and showing people like okay yes I do have the scars but I enjoyed your makeup but it was so to cover and show myself.
0: So you did not intend to become a YouTuber it sort of just happened you you began to get more and more attention and realized that this was a path for you when did you first realize that you had gone viral what was that experience like?
1: I think the first time I realized I went viral was when I had to go on my settings on my phone and turn off my notification because um, I was getting so much notification at once. And this was around the time that I did The Power of Makeup, whereby you basically um, do half of your face and then half with that makeup. And so people saw that video. But my initial thought on getting on YouTube was to just put makeup But I also just thought it was cool watching other people put makeup. I didn't realize that I was trying to be a YouTuber. I didn't know that was what it was called. But I thought, oh, wow, it's so cool seeing all these people wearing makeup. But I also didn't see anybody that looks like me. So I'm watching girls that had beautiful skin, flawless skin. But I was like, well, I don't see anyone that looked like me. So I'm like, well, let me be the person putting on makeup. And hopefully I get better at doing my makeup Where by other burn survivors can like learn um, from me because it's definitely like hard and different putting makeup on a regular skin versus like scar skin so.
0: so you end all your videos with the phrase you're your own kind of beautiful do you want to talk a little bit about you know where that comes from or why that resonates with you so strongly
1: That's actually funny. So I thought I was the one that started saying, be your own kind of beautiful. But then I um, went on Google to actually check and I found out that it was like a Marilyn Monroe cult. I was like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. But I think I, I started that because, again, I felt so different from any other beauty content creators on the platform. So for me, I think my way of celebrating the difference and finding my own beauty and being happy within myself. So be your own kind of beautiful, define what it is to you and be that.
0: You're listening to All Inclusive with Jay Ruderman. You can learn more. View the show notes and transcripts at rudermanfoundation.org slash all inclusive. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you are listening. So you're a role model for many people who are burn victims and have scars and, you know, learn from your videos about how to apply makeup. I've even seen a few videos where you have applied makeup to other burn victims. How does that feel? Is it a heavy burden to say like, okay, I'm one person that, you know, was the victim of a terrible accident, but now I'm, I have this oversized role where I'm sort of an icon for so many people. Does it ever feel too much to you?
1: I wouldn't call it a burden. Um, I do feel like there are times that people kind of expect you to constantly be positive. But I think as humans, we don't always feel good 24-7. I was just talking to one of my burn survivor friends, and she was like, yeah, like, you know, I want to be posting and stuff. But I feel like posting on social media, people expect me to be constantly motivational and positive, but that's not how I feel every single day, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I could definitely relate um, to that, but I feel like I found a way to balance where I'm like, okay, if I'm not feeling good, I'm either just offline and not forcing myself to seem like, Oh, I'm the most positive person. I'm always happy about life because it's not always like that. Um, So I, I wouldn't call it a burden, but there's that pressure of feeling the need to be constantly in a good mood.
0: So how was it for you to go out in public without your makeup, without a wig? I know you talked about, you know, first it was like terrifying to go across the street to 7-Eleven, but then you went to Walmart um, and then you've posted videos of yourself uh, without a wig, which um, you didn't intend to become viral. Where did that courage come from for all of a sudden to say, okay, you know, I'm taking off the makeup, I'm taking off the wig, and I'm showing myself who I am, and I'm proud of that?
1: I think I just sort of like believe in taking chances in life. I read this thing, I remember coming across um, a saying, uh, you lose 100% of the chances you do not take. So that was sort of like my push. I'm like, well, let me do this. What is the worst that can happen? You know, if I can go one step forward, I could definitely go another 10 steps um, forward. So I was like, let me just take this chance and go out to Walmart. And I feel like that was sort of like the starting for me. I think also the thing that sort of like pushed me to constantly keep going was the overwhelming uh, response that I've received from other people, like coming to me, people that I thought were perfect, um, coming to me and basically saying, wow, you inspired me, you know, you inspired me to go out without long pants today. So I was like, okay, maybe I should really start challenging myself more and more. Um, But it's not something that happened overnight. It's definitely like (laughs) sometimes um, and more challenges that I just personally wanted to conquer myself.
0: And do you still receive bullying or, or different types of looks? And if you do, how do you deal with that?
1: I think I do definitely still get the look in person, but I think I just don't pay attention to it. Or if you stare at me, I would just look back at you until you know one of us get tired of staring. But online bullying, I feel like most of the times I do ignore it. There are times where, of course, you would feel some type of way. I would be lying if I say I never felt some type of way about what somebody has said to me ever before. You know, People would say, oh, you're being seafood by putting on makeup. Um, if you are with a guy and he wakes up the next morning and see your face, he's going to be scared and probably wouldn't want to see you. And I'm like, that's absolutely not true because <laughs> it's that true. But yeah.
0: So you've talked very openly about your love life and the challenges. Is it much more difficult to date and to get to know people when you're a public figure
1: yeah, I do think so, um, because you just never know um, the reason why somebody is interested in you. I don't know if it's something that we like just have in, our, in the back of our mind, if somebody's just trying to use us um, for the fame. So I feel like it's, so, it's difficult, which sometimes it has happened before, where people will come into your life and act like they really, truly care about you, and then you find out It was all, you know, a front. So it's been a bit difficult. And I just sort of kind of learn to not speak on what I do because it's easy to just put it up on YouTube, like search up the name and see, oh, this person has this many numbers. They must be making this much or maybe they can make me, you know, a known person. So I just like if I if somebody does come into my life, I kind of don't mention that YouTube world to them. And yeah.
0: What would be your advice for someone that says, you know, I want to become a YouTube star?
1: Just sign up because I feel like people come before they go ahead and sign up for the YouTube. How do I do it? Sign up, um, study other people, especially people that you like, and also figure out what your niche is because there's so many different things that, you know, goes on in YouTube. You have the beauty community, you have the gamers, you have the commentary um, People. So it's like there's so much stuff that you can do find exactly what you'd like to do make sure that that's what you want to do so it doesn't feel like a job. And also make sure like when you are coming on this platform as a beginner do not focus on the numbers and the money because you might not be getting at that time. And that might discourage you. So just do it because you love it and be consistent. You know, that's definitely important. I'm not as consistent anymore, but starting off, you definitely want to be consistent because YouTube does push channels that are constantly posting.
0: Is this your full-time job at this point
1: in time? Yeah, this is the full time job and hopefully one day I can have my own brand. But yeah. All
0: right, so I was going to ask you about that. Are you, are you looking to release your own line of product?
1: I would love that. I've been thinking about it for years now, but I think I'm just sort of like taking my time. I don't want to rush and just put anything out. But yes, that is the plan for the future.
0: And what about acting? Are you approached by any studios, you asked to audition, um, you know, based on your celebrity, based on your, your talents of being very comfortable speaking in front of the camera.
1: I, I personally want to get into acting um, and I've been saying it for a while now, but I told myself I need to actually go and take some classes so I don't think I have acting skills at all. But I did audition for one thing, which was like the Google commercial. So that was like really fun to go ahead and like do my first audition. And I got it. So
0: Congratulations.
1: Thank you.
0: So you've also been very outspoken in terms of racial injustice and, you know, supporting black owned companies, whether they be makeup companies or restaurants or other companies um, and speaking out about the racial injustice in this country. And and we've gone through a period of time right now where it's really hit all of America. So do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, where you are right now in terms of uh, racial injustice and how you address it?
1: Um, I think I would say the way that I pretty much address it again is by showcasing those black owned businesses, because I have the platform and that's how I can sort of like use my voice Um, We are living in a world where we are definitely treated slightly different than um, the rest of the world. And I think for us to get to a better place is by coming together and speaking out and also putting in the action. And so... I feel like a lot of the social content creators here, it's honestly by highlighting the businesses and also when we do see something that is not right, we put it out there. Social media, it's a very, very strong um, place to really start a conversation. So yeah, I, I do feel like it's very important. You know, I know it's like I'm a makeup girl and I feel like people do, expect some people would expect okay well you're I'm not a politician and I don't know much but whatever it is that I can push forward I would definitely do you know because I'm not all just makeup I'm more than that right Um, you know humanity is everything
0: well I think that you know even though you say I'm not a politician you are a leader and you're a very strong person you're not you're not just um you know, a beautiful face, um, you know, dealing with makeup, but you have mm-hmm. very strong views and you're not afraid to hide from them. Mm-hmm. And I think that the public has a um, innate um, aversion to injustice. And mm-hmm. and when you see injustice, I mean, you have the ability, you know, through your uh, platform to really say something very important and, and, and influence right. people who are following you. So I give you a lot of credit for for doing that because there are many people in your position who probably would would just completely stay away from that. Thank you. Shalom, it's been such a pleasure speaking to you. Um, I'm really um, impressed by what you've built and and not only that by your your personality and how strong you are. And and I believe that you're going to be a significant figure in our society. So thank you so much for joining us on All Inclusive today. I've really enjoyed having you as a guest. Thank
1: you so much for having me. I have fun.
0: (laughs) All Inclusive is a production of the Ruderman Family Foundation. Our key mission is the full inclusion of people with disabilities in all aspects of society. You can find All Inclusive on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. To view the show notes, transcripts, or to learn more, go to rudermanfoundation.org slash all-inclusive. Have an idea for a podcast? Be sure to tweet at jruderman. Ruderman.